<clears throat> and we are back. Welcome everybody back to another great week of Black Friday. These opinions are not for sale. If you're just tuning in for the first time, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for checking it out. Give us a like, a follow, a subscription. We're on all major platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter through Periscope. Come check us out. Give us a big heads up. My name's Christian. Yeah, Omar, Zayla. We got Chris here to stay. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. A lot of stuff just happening as of less than an hour ago. Um, a lot of stuff to jump in. Before we jump in, just want to give another big shout out to our uh, amazing graphic designer, Amanda Spears. Give her a follow on Instagram at Amanda Spears, Spears. Twitter at Amanda E. Spears. And check our articles out on medium.com. Uh, Give those a look. She does great work. We always appreciate you, Amanda. Thank you. And I, I mean, I, I don't know where, where to start with all of it. You know, every week there's something else going on here. We're still in the midst of a hotly contested election. Um, Georgia Senate race is popping off and, you know, just, just all around. Man, Dayla, what you, what you got up first? Um. So I think uh, this week we want to jump in and talk, start talking about the Time Magazine um, cover that we had. So I'm going to just share my screen really quick in case, you know, some of you guys didn't see that. So uh, President-elect, I guess, Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris both took Person of the Year on Time Magazine, um, the cover 2020 Person of the Year. Um, first of all, uh, when I my first impression was, well, Kamala Harris wasn't uh, nominated. It was Joe Biden who was nominated. So, you know, when I seen that both of them were took the, I guess, cover, it was very interesting to me. So did you guys, did you guys get to see that cover? And what was you guys thoughts about that? <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll hop on this. It's it's all it's all pandering. It's all pandering. Like you said, she wasn't nominated. They had to throw a black woman on there, or you know, however much of a percentage of black she is, or Indian, whatever you want to call her, they had to throw her on there because if they had an old white person on there, then everyone's gonna get upset at time. Time got to be as woke as possible. Uh, it's just ridiculous. We literally have spent the last like eight months in a pandemic. I saw a tweet saying that you know. Uh, time kind of looked over the most important people, the frontline workers, you know, those are the people who have been ke keeping our economy going, uh, despite what Democrats want to do, uh, and lock everything down. So there were better people to pick than those two, but it, it's all just woke politics. I find it very interesting that time released this at the same time, Morocco and Israel um, came to an understanding that they're going to normalize relations with each other all because of President Trump. So I find that very interesting that right after that or right before that, time does this thing where they're going to have a co-person of the year. Um, and it's obviously Satan and his imp, Beelzebub. I'm not calling him president and vice president. That's Satan and Beelzebub. Uh, they could take that as they may, and well, I don't pay their bills and they don't pay mine either. So that's all I got to say. 
It's it's to me it's no different than when they give out Emmys and they give out their own awards to themselves in their own little community in their woke circle. Like I don't take it seriously whatsoever. You don't know who voted on this, who put it together. It's always a panel of the most liberal people you could ever imagine. The way that they put stuff up, and yeah, they gave it to Donald Trump after he won the election in 2016, and they just it, it was it was it was backhanded. They, they gave him Donald Trump, president of the divided states of America. I mean, this stuff it, it's a joke and it writes itself. Uh, are, are we surprised that they gave them the awards? What have they done? What have they constructively done to do anything? Nothing. They, they didn't do anything. Uh, they couldn't manage to get uh, 200 people into one space at once to hear them speak. They couldn't manage that. Uh, I, I have yet to see what they've accomplished. Um, if locking up black men is what gets you on Time Magazine, Kamal Harris should be up there every year. Uh, put her up on mm. there forever. Uh, if it's not remembering where the heck you are or who your wife is, yeah, put Joe Biden on there too. Uh, as regards to anything else, I don't know why they're on there. It, it, it's comedic at this point. The stuff's a joke. Uh, there, there are people, though, that believe that they totally deserve it. They don't even know why. It's because uh, Orange Man bad. That's why they deserve it, because Orange Man bad. That, that's where we're at with that. 100% where we're at with everything there. So, yeah, it, it's sad. It's silly. It's dumb. Of course, it's going to happen. So, am I surprised? No. Not at all. How about you, Christian, this week? What do you have for us? Man, what do I have for y'all this week? I mean, shoot. So, I mean, there's, there's a bit of stuff happening. I mean, if, if you look at it now, um, big, big thing happening in uh, regards to it wasn't even sports related, okay, but you got um, in New York, they just banned indoor dining. And why is this important? Because in New York right now, if you guys don't know, all across the country, it's, it's pretty cold. Uh, it's not necessarily the nicest thing to eat outdoors. And the people that have been outdoors in their own little, like, you know, little like, greenhouses that they made with the heaters and all that, they're totally banned, too. And they're, they're eating it now. Like, they, they can't handle this. So there's a lot of more small businesses that are about to die, and they can't handle it. Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports went on a tirade for uh, almost three to four minutes. Really emotional. And I think he was on the money 100%. He, he said that. Said, it's, he believes it's one of his fundamental rights in this country is to be able to – the right to go out and earn a living for yourself. And the government's going out and controlling that and telling you you can't go out and – you know, make, make a living and own your business. He said if they pulled the rug from under him in the first 10 years, he was getting barstool to where it needed to be. He said he'd rather die than just give it up. You know, these mm. are everything that they've got going on. And you're just ripping it out from under. I, I mean, it's just and Governor Cuomo and Bill de Blasio, they don't care. They collect a paycheck every day. They care about it. They don't adhere to their own laws. They do whatever they want. And it, it's sad. And, and that's that's how that goes out there in New York and California is no better. It is uh it is really sad, honestly, how uh the government continues to put their boot on the, the neck of business owners and people small business owners especially because they're just propping up now big business with these lockdowns. Uh Walmart, it's safe to shop at Walmart. It's not safe to go to a mom and pop diner. Uh, because that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's it's just getting ridiculous. And I, I think that we, when people really start to realize the the weight of this and what it's actually costing us, like the, the net benefit, it's just there is none. We are not gaining from these lockdowns. It's not 
uh, a positive. This has become a negative. Yeah. But Democrats are so like they want to put their feet down and uh, they're too stubborn to really admit it. And so, I mean, this has just become politicized garbage. And we're going to see how this continues into January when we're supposed to actually get the next spike. Uh, it's like mid-January. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but it's going to get I don't think it's going to get good before it gets worse. No, I, I mean, the, the the whole thing behind the lockdown side is, it's, oh, wear a mask, wear a mask. The mask is infallible. How is the mask infallible? When when the numbers were down, oh, see, that's what happens when you all wear masks. Oh, numbers go up. Oh, you guys weren't wearing a mask. People have been masked up since March, end of February. People have been masked up since March and, until now. And you're telling me it's, it's all based on wearing the mask. Not the fact that we've all been placed out of society for months. People have lost their jobs and we're all staying at home, not gaining any sort of herd immunity and not exercising or doing anything right. And then people get sick and die. And it's because of a mask. You know, people, a lot of people aren't just going to buy it. They're not just going to buy that. They're not, they're not just going to eat, you know, eat that up and say it's good. It's totally fine. Uh, goodness gracious. Um, going into that. So there's uh, some big vaccine talk here. Uh, I, uh, I thought about signing up for the clinical trial for the COVID-19 vaccine. I decided against it at the last moment. Kind of just didn't feel like it. Thought I'd give it a shot. But uh, there's already been four cases of people that have a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the photos. Let me see if I can pull it up. But uh, they, uh, they were slightly... Uh, their faces were slightly paralyzed for a bit, part of the side effect of them taking their uh, trial run of the vaccine. Um, it happened with people that took it and nobody with the placebo was, was affected in any sort of way. But they said it was temporary, but it, it didn't look good. It, it didn't look good at all. Um, I'm, I'm going to personally pass on it. I mean, for now, and honestly, I don't know if I'd ever want to get one. Uh, that's just me. But I, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, this is it and everything. But and they're going to say no because it's coming out during this administration because somehow uh, the president got his hands on it and poisoned it. That, that, that's what's happening. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you guys think? I really wonder if Barack Obama, uh, George W. Bush, I guess we can say George Bush now since Daddy Bush has passed on um, and Bill Clinton are really going to get that vaccine or if they're just going to take a sugar shot, which I think they're going to take a sugar shot, given the fact that Barack Obama had bottled water put in a cup <laughs> when he went up to Flint, Michigan. There's no way he had Flint, Michigan water. Uh, Chris, I think you could concur on that one. I, I don't know. But um, it, it's very interesting. I have a friend I went to high school where she is getting, I think, a master's in public health. or She's getting her master's in something health related, then going on to medical school. She says, do not get it. And of course, she doesn't like Trump, but she's not... Um, She's not saying it's Trump's fault that this that the vaccine is not working. Um, she said that it's been rushed, that it was supposed to take maybe a year more or so to make, even with modern technological advances in modern medicine, and that we just shouldn't trust it. Now, me personally, I don't care who's in office. 
I'm not taking a vaccine. I don't trust it. Um, every time I took the flu shot, I got the flu. Now that I have diabetes, every time I get the flu, it's almost like I'm about to freaking die. <laughs> so I'm not taking it. That, that's all I got to say on it. Yeah, same same here. I'm I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be taking that vaccine, you know. As much as I want to, you know, protect myself and others, it just seems too rushed. There's this vaccine. I mean, they were telling us months ago, uh, we could we could see it in a year or two and now it's like a few months later and they're like, "Okay, now we're going to start clinical trials and now you got people with their faces frozen and it's just mm -hmm. like it's not at a good place right now where confidence is up and I don't care how many celebrities, politicians, or whoever gets this vaccine. The the powerful and the elite will tell you one thing and do something else uh, for themselves. They're doing what's best for their interests, not our interests. So I, I don't know if I truly believe in the vaccine yet. Uh, I, I probably will be one of those people that will get it later on. But the second that they want to tell us that we have to get it for any stimulus check or we have to get it for oh, any yeah. government assistance, then mm -hmm. I'll I'll burn the money. Just about to bring that up. Uh, that's that's where that's where we're headed with it. We're going to head there with a lot of major corporations. You're going to look to see if you want to fly somewhere. They're going to check your immunization records. You don't have a COVID vaccine. They're not going to let you fly. We're, we're going to see a whole lot of things that are going to be played out here. Uh, people that want to get food stamps, government assistance. You're going to have to be required to get a vac vaccination for COVID. I, I mean, it's it's going to get forced down your throat one way or another. It looks to looks to be like so. You know. I, yeah, I, I want to touch base on this too. So I guess we'll just like jump into like my little segment only because um, I was going to talk about uh, Dr. Fauci. I don't know if you guys seen. He, I don't know what interview he was doing, but <clears throat> where I seen it was on the shade room, of course. A little snippet of where he speaks about task force and the people working with Pfizer and working to produce the vaccine. And he speaks about a doctor, Kizzy Corbett, who is a black woman, <clears throat> excuse me, doctor. And basically he says, you know, my brothers and my sisters, like literally, you guys should basically feel safe taking this vaccine. You know, your, your sister, Dr. Kizzy is on the job, basically, you know, working with this vaccine and being like, she's like a major or a senior uh, person on the task force. But going into Dr. Kizzy Corbett, because I, I had never heard of her, so I was inter <clears throat> interested. And um, I found something because you guys are talking about the vaccine and how, um, you know, basically this process was sped up. I mean, Operation Warp Speed. I mean, you know, I, everyone knows that this was a uh, incredible or immaculate time that they came out with this um, vaccine virus. It was interesting to me, not only because, you know, coronavirus has the name coronavirus has been around for a while. You know, COVID-19 is apparently a new strand or whatever. <clears throat> but Dr. Kizzy Corbett was actually on a publication. She was one, uh, uh, one of about eight doctors in a publication in March of 2016, where she wrote um, in part of the publication, pre-fusion structure of a human coronavirus spike protein. So this is back in March, 2016. She's been working on coronavirus uh, spikes in the R mRNA uh, research development for a while now. So, you know, even though, you know, to us, I feel like on like the mainstream, whatever, um, it seemed like a sped up process. Doctors like Dr. Corbett and other doctors, probably like Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates apparently have been working on a coronavirus vaccine, you know, um, um, sorry, uh, I can't 
can't get the word uh, out of my head right now, but uh, patents, sorry, they've had patents for, since back in 2014, 2016. So, you know, this has been something that's been in the works for a while, it might, you know, just research wise. Anything to do with Bill Gates. Yeah, I can't to go down that rabbit hole for that too. Uh, I, you, you know, it's, and people, oh, it's just conspiracy. I said, well, you call it conspiracy, but I'd rather be more called the conspiracy theorist than just somebody who just believes every single word that comes out the government's mouth for everything. And just say, yep, I'll get right in line. Just go ahead and do that, right? When you tell me to, like, question, it's not the worst thing in the world to question everything and to reach a logical conclusion on your own. My goodness, people, you have a brain that you've been blessed with by God. Please use it. Oh, just, just use it, please. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Critical thinking is something I've seen that is going away in young people's minds, people across the country's minds, people my age, people older than me, people way older than me. And they just tune in and watch TV and they say, yep, yep that's it. Or no, no, that's not it. And that's it. And just because they said it on TV, go ahead and do some due diligence and look this up for yourself. Dela, thank you for going ahead and, you know, you know, looking it for yourself. If you guys are interested and you guys really want to find something out, don't wait for somebody else to tell you. Go, go find it. Go get it. Please go get it. Yeah. So uh, here's my dad. So he says, what happens when frontline workers are told they cannot work without taking the vaccine? Future students, hopefully Joe and Camilla will be first in line. He, I mean, yeah, it's just like Omar said, sure. Just like Barack Obama and Flint, they're going to drink the water. You know, they're, they're going to get the vaccine. All right. They're going to get it. You know, they're going to get it. So a sugar I, shot. Don't believe the hype. If they are going to take a shot of sugar or insulin or something, they are not going to take that virus. I mean, that vaccine. Trust me. And if they if they do, they they got to do it on like TV or something. And then Joe Biden's going to make a stupid moment. He's going to be like, "That's not the real vaccine, right?" And while they're trying to inject him or something. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of an idiot. They're, they're actually give him. They're going to give him one of Hunter's needles on accident. And it's going to be really really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get well, <laughs> okay. speaking of that, I mean, uh, the F it was announced this week that he is under federal investigation. So even though uh, the article that I read, uh, apparently this is old news. He was under federal investigation before uh, his father began, began election, but due to election rules, they kind of, the so, uh, mainstream media wasn't allowed to talk about it apparently. And now they're back to talking about it, whatever the case may be. But of course, that's trash. That's yeah, trash. Just, they report on anything and everything that fits their narrative. They don't wait. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, now it seems like, and my whole thing, I've read it on Twitter and this, I really agree with it. I've kind of come up to this on my own is that they've literally, they're pushing this now to now they want to go and you know, trashed on Joe Biden enough to get him out there so Kamala Harris can take a seat. Uh, now that they think Trump's out the way, it's, it's a good enough pull now to trash the whole Biden family. Let's come out with all the China stuff. Let's tie them all together now like we should have been doing in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. get, him, get him compromised and slide Kamala Harris right in there just to go ahead and take the spot. That's, that's honestly what I see happening. I don't know about y'all. That's what I see. And it's, yeah, I could, I could, I would like uh, agree with that kind of because even like some of like my more liberal friends and stuff like that in this week have talked about China and Biden, well, um, Hunter Biden. So just be, just you know, 
obviously, no offense to liberals, they do mockingbird what comes off the news. So just because of, you know, that that link, I was like, hmm, the mainstream media is talking about this? Okay. So they are tying, you know, kind of full circle that China, uh, Joe Biden or Hunter Biden connection and liberals are definitely aware. Man, Tony Bobulinski should have got person of the year for what he did. That guy's got to be moving around <laughs> day to day each day of his life because there's somebody out there trying to get him for what he's been telling uh, the whole China deal is going on. That guy is straight up whistleblower here that finally uncovered all the crap going on. And nobody's refuted the man yet. I'll tell you what. Nobody said, oh, he's lying. No, no, that ain't happening. No. Uh, this is this is just obvious media just like straight up lying to the people's faces. I mean, you know, during the election, they're all like, as soon as this story came out, Twitter, big tech, Facebook, they're all like, that story has been debunked like two seconds as soon as it was posted. That story is debunked. That's fake news. That's false. Don't believe it. And they're mm. putting that on everything. They're banning you if you try and share it. The reason being is because it went against their narrative. It went against their candidate. And now that he is supposedly won, now they can start being like, well, we got to start selling again. So let's let's get back on it. And they're going to say Hunter Biden's now. But now it's just he's under investigation for possible money laundering. And now they're talking about Joe Biden's brother as well being under investigation when this has been happening for months and they could have talked about it during the election. Uh, how many times have journalists actually followed the rules uh, when talking about things? I mean, didn't they illegally uh, post Trump's like tax return or hit Trump's tax information? I mean, they don't really follow the rules all the time. If they want something to get out, they're going to do it anyway. So it's just the media, I, fake news, fake news to the max. Double standard is astounding which is no standard. They have, they literally have none. They do whatever they want whenever it pleases them to, you know, to their advantage. That's what they do all day. I'll just say this. Um, Trump ran on a platform of draining the swamp, uh, getting rid of people that have been there for years that have lost their way or really didn't care to begin with and just have gotten reelected. I think we as conservatives need to start unveiling the deep state. This is some deep state crap um, that, okay, the media is saying it's fake. Now they want to bring it back in so they can debunk Joe Biden, someone that they wanted in office so they can get Kamala in there and get their own people. This is deep state stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's scary. 100%. And you got people that believe it word for word and they don't question it. And if you got friends like that, pull them out the matrix. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out of that. They got to question this. Mark Coda. What's up, buddy? Marky Mark. Mark Coda. <laughs> Can't wait to see you, buddy. See you soon. Uh, no, I, 100%. I, the deep state. And there's people that are supposed to be on our side. And I'm a call, I, I call them complicit. They're complicit with it. They don't want things to change. They don't want to fight. They just want to sit down and take it, take whatever comes. And there's, oh, well, we'll come back in four years and hopefully we get a better candidate that uh, makes people feel good. It doesn't hurt their feelings, you know, because Trump was kind of mean. Enough. So that's that's not why, you know, whatever happened this election cycle happened that Trump was making out Trump. Nobody, there's no other candidate that's pulling his numbers of votes ever. There's no candidates out there that's going to pull any sort of votes like that. Absolutely not. Yeah. We're going to run a better candidate and this and that. Like, that's not, that's just out the question. That's total nonsense. 
It's, it's total nonsense. Oh, he, he was bad in the suburbs. No, it wasn't the suburbs. It was Philadelphia, Wisconsin, it was uh, and Milwaukee, it was Detroit, and Atlanta, okay? Four cities out of the suburbs. It wasn't the suburbs, okay? We killed it everywhere. And there's some very shady things happening. And that that's how this all went down. Oh, we got to be nicer and me. No, it's, it's not how it works. And I've heard people say, oh, Ronald Reagan ran right now. He would have had so many. No, no, he wouldn't have. Okay, let's, let's throw all that aside. I can't I can't deal with it. People just want to say that. The age of social media in that era, there are no stones left unturned, man. They'll eat you alive, and that man would not have fought it like this, like this administration has. There's nothing like it out there. It's a whole nother animal. Can't compare the 80s to now with that. No way. Uh-uh. I'm not buying it. But, man, guys got to stand up and fight at some point. You guys just can't sit, sit back and let all this happen without it raising questions or demanding answers from your legislators and government officials where you live. Can't do it. And that's how honestly it seems like conservatives have been for so long. Every time the Democrats will play dirty all the time, every time. And conservatives will just roll over and just accept it. That's why Trump was like so different in the, in those debates, he'd be like, oh, shut up, Ted Cruz, your wife's ugly, you know? And he like, just come out swinging and everyone's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Where conservative, like Ted Cruz is like, don't you talk about my wife? And now Ted Cruz has kind of grown some balls and he's talking more like, you know, like a Trump figure where, I mean, that's, in one sense, it's, it's not professional, but in another sense, it's good. We need, people who are going to stand up for what they believe and stand up for what the party believes in and do good and work for that instead of just working to be like, well, I need to be reelected. You know, Trump never stopped uh, basically speaking his mind and saying what he believed. Mm. And so, you know, I got to give him props for that, where other conservatives are, as soon as they get into office, they're going to roll over and say, like, oh, I just got to get reelected now. Oh compromise they get compromised when they get in there with special interest money they get bought out by big tech by whatever sort of corporations and then they just kind of they go up put on a facade like they're they're the big you know big dog in the house on all their department mm. i wouldn't say uh that getting bought out by special interests is necessarily compromise what i'll say about compromise is our government was supposed to work with compromise and what i say not compromising your values you're you're our government is supposed to work like you're not going to get a hundred percent of what you want but let's no. take the 80 percent we can agree with today and or somewhat agree with let's hash out details and get something done for the people okay. and take the 20 percent and let's that we don't agree with we'll never agree with and let's fight about it another day okay but um but with special interest and then not represent our constituents. That's my thing. That, no, that's true. Um, it, you it, and it goes back to the saying that I like my congressperson, but I hate Congress. I think we need to it, when we go into the voting booth. I think we need to stop voting that way. Um, if you want something at that, if you want something done. Uh, whether it's for your district or for your state or for the nation, you've got to you've got to put in people that are going to think like that. They're going to think, OK, this is for my constituents, but I'm also doing this for the country as well. Uh, you just can't um, go in there with someone that's super, super selfish, that wants a career long 
um, in in politics, and it that that's how we get those Nancy Pelosi's. That's how we get those Chuck Schumer's. Yeah. Heck, that's how we get the Mitch McConnells. And mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell and I mentioned Mitch McConnell because he's disappointed me a lot um, over no, his career. One um, thing every four years, you know, Mitch shows up. But yeah. one thing every four years confirms the Supreme Court justice like that. That's something that you're supposed to do. Yes, and becomes leader. You're also supposed to be a leader and do more than that. You're, you're, you're like, we're expecting more of that if you are a Senate majority leader. My goodness, God, fight to do something. So, so you know, uh, and so that I mean, that's why I brought him up. We don't need career long politicians going up there and not fighting for their people and not comp and not compromising when absolutely need be. Um, there has to be a per- a good balance to that, um, a good balance to actual compromise and getting some done and fighting for your values and fighting for why people sent you there. That's why we need term limits. That's the exact reason why we need term limits 100%. for Congress people, for state legislators, all the way down to mayor and uh, city council. It, this is not supposed to be a forever thing. You're supposed to go in there, make a difference, get out. 100%. And I, I think a lot of people now, especially you know the upcoming Georgia Senate races and everything is, People, we can understand here that we are not obligated to vote for people. You know, we're, we're not mm-hmm. obligated. Like, there's no like we don't have to vote for you. Your job is to represent us. We're not we're not indebted to you in any sort of means. You're supposed to. It's what have you done for me lately? And that's what it should be every time mm-hmm. I go out there to vote at those polls. And that's why we're out there to vote. Now, nobody just automatically deserves your vote. They don't deserve anything. They got to prove it. Mm-hmm. And they got to handle it. You, you put them in there for a term and they don't do what they're supposed to do, go ahead and primary them. Bring them back. You, know, you got to make them do and, right. And that's Brand exactly them. why Doug Collins um, primaried, quote unquote, primaried Kelly Leffler. And I say quote unquote because that's a jungle primary and that's kind of a little bit hard to explain, but that's why he we have put his name in the hat. I hear what you're saying. We have those in California. It's, it's exactly mm-hmm. the same. But the thing about California that differs from Georgia is that California is a very blue state, so it's a fixed job. So they'll prop right. up and destroy the Democrat in the jungle primary so that they have the top one that they want to run against the weak Republican to make sure they win that seat instead of putting the two against each other. That's how they always and- Every and time. for y'all, it, that's if a Republican actually makes it to the general election. I've well, no, no, no. They they fix it that way. They set it up that way. When uh, gosh, when uh, John Cox was running against Gavin Newsom, they had Javier Becerra, the AG, running too, and they made sure to destroy his campaign before he could get it off the blocks to make sure that Newsom was the front runner, then could run against Cox and win because that's who they wanted. I this. I do remember Kamala Harris having a Democratic opponent in the general election. Oh, yeah, that was an all-dem uh, for the Senate. Yeah, that was all-dem in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Like, there were no Republicans running for Senate in California. There hasn't been for a while. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no I, no, I didn't know that. I, I figured yeah. that a Republican at least tried to put their name in the hat, even if it was just to say they tried. They can't make the ticket. <laughs> yeah, man, it's true. It's sad. Okay, so we're already going into it. Georgia Senate races. What we got going on there? What have you guys been seeing? Uh, Kelly Leffler, David Perdue. I, uh, I've got friends work. on the ground. Um, I've got friends that have come from Texas, from right here in Mississippi. I'm in Mississippi, if y'all didn't know, by the way, visiting family for the holidays. Um, 
So I and I've got friends from the north, south, east, and west, all coming into Georgia, and I'm very grateful that we're getting some help down there in Georgia, even though I'm not there. Um, so, from what I've been hearing on the ground, I think it's going to be tough. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of my liberal friends, they expect David Perdue to be reelected, no questions asked. It's going to be the Loeffler seat. And it's going to be, um, this is the expectation of liberals. With David Perdue being reelected, they're fine with losing the Senate. They're okay with it because they believe they have Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who's up for reelection, I believe, in 22. Um, Suzanne Collins, who just got reelected, but she's been, she lives in what, Maine? So so obviously she's fair weather. Um, and then you you got Mitt Romney in Utah. They believe those three votes, if not any more, are going to be in their back pocket with court packing and all of this other stuff, which I don't think Mitt Romney would ever really be for court packing, maybe for other stuff, court packing, probably not. But that that's where liberals think they are. So they're fine with David Perdue. They think David Perdue will win. They're thinking Raphael Warnock will be Kelly Leffler. And that is going to, I, and me personally, I think that's the uphill battle. Can't let it happen. What do you think, Dayla? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm on the same lines of Omar. I think the Purdue um, kind of has it more in the bag than Kelly Loeffler, of course. And I see that um, the Democrats definitely are putting a lot of money into that race and are backing um, the candidate, uh, Reverend, what's his name? <laughs> Raphael Warnock. Yeah, we're going to yes, get Yes, Reverend Warnock. Yep, there he goes. So, yeah, the Dems are putting a lot of money behind him. And he's like a prominent figure. Uh, he, he's uh, on social media and like um, just looking over social media and stuff like that. And he's pretty prominent in like, you know, the black church and the Southern like black community. So I, I know that they're really pushing for him really hard. Uh, he said some interesting things. I know that we put it on our page this week about him being a pro-choice mm. pastor. So what do you guys, what do you think about that, Chris? What do you, when you see that one? It's just, it's just reaching so hard. It's like, please vote for me. Like, I swear to God, it, it makes no sense anymore. The like Democrats will literally say anything for you. Like next thing, you know, he's going to say, he's going to be like, I'm a, I'm a pro Allah preacher. Like it, it makes no sense. Like we, if you stand by your faith and you say abortion isn't fine and our, our, you know, our country, it should be, people should just be like, okay, I, I think that's a fine opinion. I disagree, but I think that's a fine opinion. No, but people on the left and their blue hair, they're gonna be yelling and screaming, saying you're evil, you know, you're trying to take away my right to kill my child and all of that. It, it's just ridiculous. And again, like, I don't understand how people don't see how blatantly people are just reaching for your vote. It's the same thing as, you know, when white politicians are saying like, I'm here with you brother and all that, or, you know, it makes no, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Oh, there it is. September 8th. He, he said that one on Twitter and, you know, and it is, uh, Absolutely, just it's insanity to me. 
Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't a random post either because, you know, just thinking about it, when I saw it, you know, like, you know, you just think like, oh, he just randomly posted that. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, he got, I guess he got that idea or he just uh, was co-signing other black young pastors who were saying the same thing. I think I'm not, I'm not going to say any names because I'm not 100% sure, but I know for sure there were a couple of prominent young black pastors on Twitter and on YouTube and stuff like that, coming out, coming out basically and saying that they are pro-choice pastors. And he was basically as a older pastor, someone running for Congress, uh, you know, second the whole yeah. pro-choice yeah. pastor movement. Yeah. And, I, then, it, and then, and then you know, the, those are those fools are doing that same thing too. They're not necessarily, you know, they they try not to touch all those things because it's not cool and they want to make their money and do their thing, but. You got Lecrae and Andy Minio and those guys and those guys. You got Bryson calling him out on Twitter and everything. And oh yeah, I'm I'm pro life. And then he does a 30 minute long video. Just oh, this is a sensitive topic, but uh, it shouldn't be that hard to say. It shouldn't be that hard for those guys to say. And they make it so difficult because they're scared of losing all the woke points. And then they hold it hostage. Hostage. Well, they don't have access. We don't help out single mothers, and we don't do this. And they're like they're just holding it hostage for like. Trying to make pro-life people seem selfish, and it's it's disgusting. That's what they do. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Over. Um, no, I was just gonna say, think about where Raphael Warnock is pastor of. That's Martin Luther King's church. That and that's been in that family apparatus. Uh, the King and Williams family. Um, if you don't know who the Williams family is, that one of their children married into the King family. So it's been a family church for years. And then King starts with civil rights movement and everything, um, especially him and his dad. So it's a very important church to black people and to the history of America, basically. So Raphael Warnock is thr somewhat thrusted into this situation and he's capitalizing on it. Um, it, I don't even know if I would consider that morally correct to even capitalize on it, especially for politics. But I mean, he's doing it, uh, and it. And what I'll say about the um, whole pro-choice thing—if you didn't know—I was the one that actually posted that on our page. So I, I do believe it's satanic. I believe it's satanic for any pastor to go out there and say that they are pro-choice or to endorse pro-choice. You're not, you are therefore, um, and I'm trying to remember the scripture, you're therefore trying to cancel out biblical scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29 and I think 11. That's correct. Uh, yeah. You, before you were in the womb, I knew you, I sanctified you, I put you over the mountain, Some, something like that. And I'm paraphrasing really, really bad. But that scripture entails that God knew you, God knew what you were going to do. He had, he knew everything about you. He had a plan and a path for you before you were born. So therefore, once um, the egg and the sperm comes together, there's a life there because God already formed it. So for you to go out there and contradict what you're supposedly preaching about, it's it, it has to be of your maker, Satan. 
And I'm going to say that. And if that man wins, I will go up as a Georgia resident into his office and say, you are of your father, Satan. Now, me personally, I don't have a filter. So, I mean, some people will say that's very disrespectful. I'm more, no, I'm a Georgia voter now. He works for me. Mm -hmm. If he's elected, I'm praying Kelly gets elected. Uh, I, I believe really Jeremiah, hard, Jeremiah chapter one verse five. Um, that was a that know. that wait that was the script. I knew it was in Jeremiah. I can't remember the uh, actual chapter, and y'all forgive me on that. Um, oh, it's, it's yeah one verse five. I just had to make sure for myself too. No, it's one verse five. But yeah, that then then it does reference back to you know chapter twenty nine verse eleven. Okay. Regards, yeah, yeah, definitely come of course back to it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. This is it's heresy. It's absolute heresy. It's it's worldly, worldly beyond belief for the man. It's supposed to be a man of God and the pastor to be to be run on that type of platform. And this is this is what we're up against. You know, we mm -hmm. got the wolf in the sheep's clothing here. It's absolutely you know the enemy will try anything, and that's what we're seeing. And I mean, even that. And now you're looking at you see photos. Uh, this man hosting up Fidel Castro up in the church, and nobody wants to raise, nobody wants to question it. Nobody wants to question like what this guy's motives are, what he's got going on. He clearly see that you know, Rafael Warnock's church got Fidel Castro up in the building, and, uh, and uh, no biggie, you know, just a uh, guy that's responsible for oh. killing his you know his own citizens by the millions, you know. Just uh, okay, I'm having to play devil's advocate with that one. Is right, it a clip? Um, Christian, or is no, that just a picture? No, this is just a picture. I didn't, I didn't put the clip. Up. It's just, just okay. a picture. Well, yeah. I, I have to play devil's advocate here. For one, the man was, that was 25 years ago. I think the man's around 50. So he was around our age when this happened. Second of all, he was a youth pastor. I've, I am the son of two former pastors. And when they, and they had associates and associates had a, I'll, I'll say this, they had somewhat of a voice, but they didn't have any voting power. At the end of the day, it was my parents' decision because my parents heard from God and that that, that was going to be the end of it. Um, but they did get to voice their opinion. So I don't know where his actual opinion was, but I don't think he had any voting power in that. Now, it, now yeah, and we did talk about this. He may be, he may have yeah, been complacent yeah. in the entire situation, but I will not say that man had a full voice or vote in bringing Fidel Castro. But I will say this, this is very inter interesting. It, well, for one, this was in New York. This is not Ebenezer Baptist Church. For all of our viewers, this is not Ebenezer in, in, in um, Atlanta, Georgia. This is somewhere in New York City or New York State. Number, number two, how in the world Fidel Castro got into the country and nobody arrested him? But then again, this was 25 years ago. Who was president 25 years ago? William Jefferson Blight the third. And look up, look, look it up. Clinton is is technically his last name now, but he was not born in Clinton. Just telling you, just letting you know. Um, that was Bill Clinton that uh, was president at the time. So, how in the world Fidel Castro got into this place? I don't know. That's my first question with it, but. I, and I hate defending Raphael Warnock on that, I'm not, but I'm not because I'm a pastor's I'm not kid, you. I'm not going to let I, you defend it. He's very complacent. He knows well, exactly I, what's going on. Because he's a pastor's kid, I have to play devil's advocate. 
Why aren't you going to leave the church? I would leave the church. I would not let that. That's that's absolutely reprehensible. No, he yep. was wrong in that. Absolutely. He was wrong in that respect. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. He's 100% responsible here. There, that would have been my last Sunday. Yep. I just wanted to say he was not the head pastor. I don't even think he had a vote. That's that's all I'm saying. That and it is plain devil's advocate. People can get mad if they want, but I'm saying that from experience as a pastor's son, seeing stuff like well, not stuff like this, but in respect to make decision making within a church, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I, I've seen it done, and my parents were non-denominational. They still are, but they have Baptist training. This is National Baptist Church. Um, which is the more black Baptist church. Uh, and this is how things go. Now, what now, if it were me in that situation, would I have left? Absolutely. Whether I'm Democrat, Republican, or whatever. Um, so do I fault him on that? Yes. Do I fault him on the exact decision to bring the man in? No. I, I, that's my take on it. He's, if, if I'm affiliated with that church in any sort of sense and that happens, I would distance myself 100 percent and condemn it and dip. That man has yet to do so. He has yet to condemn it now. He's he's never going to. He's going to he's fine with it. No. And that's why I hold him fully accountable for it. I don't care if it was his church or not. He was a pastor there at that church and it happened. And he's still cool with it. He's totally resurfacing. He ain't going to speak out against Castro. He's gonna speak out against no, no, you know what? It, now, that, now that we've brought this whole situation up. I'm going to have to give Obama credit now. I'll tell you why. You remember uh, when he was running uh, Jeremiah Wright, who was his pastor at the time in Chicago, uh, spoke of a sermon. And of course, we remember what he said, not God bless America, God blank America. And that's in the Bible. Um, and Obama wasn't complacent. Now, whether he agreed with him or not, I'm sure. I don't know. But Knowing the position he was in, he left, he, and he had to condemn it. Um, so I'll give him credit for that. Warnock is not even doing this. Um, and this is a resurfaced position. So, oh, Because the American people won't hold him accountable for it. The only thing is because he's doing this out of based out of Atlanta. If he did that based out of Miami, Florida, they, mm. I, don't know, I don't know if he'd sleep through the night. I don't know if, that can, I don't know if he'd sleep through the night. There, there's no way that people here would not let that happen. Well, yeah, there you go. See, I want to know what kind of church brings Fidel Castro as a guest. Like, that's what I'm trying. What to kind of like it just makes who, who's like who's who's like you going to church this Sunday? You hear who's the special <laughs> guest? Oh, it's Fidel Castro. Like, okay, yeah, uh, I'll bring the mac and cheese. You got what the salad. All right, let's let's go. <laughs> Like what? What type of what does Fidel Castro do with God? How did he get in the country? That's, that's what I want to know. How the hell? So the only way to get in the United States from Cuba or Cuba to the United States is to go through Mexico or a different country and then fly from there. We'd have to go to the United States to like Mexico and then to Cuba or Cuba to like. This Mexico. man took a cruise. He took a cruise. That's what he did. Oh, they I mean, smuggled no Fidel Castro into that church. I, I bet he flew direct though. I do bet that he flew direct. Be, because. Because he, we have no dip at that time. We didn't have diplomatic relations with Cuba, so therefore, he has no diplomatic immunity. So couldn't we have arrested him on human rights uh, charges and brought him before the UN or some or something? I'm I'm trying to figure. How did he get in? 
the bigger question. Who let him in? I don't know. Who, who was the governor of New York at that time? I need to. I should have looked it up. Who was the governor of New York at that time? Maybe that's how you got in. What, what year was this? It was. It was twenty five years ago. So that would fall under 90, the Clinton 95. administration. It'd be ninety five. That's that Clinton. Be ninety five. Bill Clinton. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that just of, of all things. It was uh, George Pataki was governor of New York. That's a Republican. Wow. A Republican in New York? <laughs> There's been quite a few now. There's been quite a few. Yeah, he, he went until 2006. That's uh, actually kind of surprising. It, not really. Um, my former professor at Mississippi College, he's a New Yorker by birth, and he was raised there. He says there, there are a lot of Republicans in New York. Um, they don't all come out to vote, and some of them have have been complacent with Andrew Cuomo, but you know, there are a lot, there's been a lot of Republican history up there. That's how it is in a lot of blue states or super blue states. Republicans mm -hmm. don't come out to vote anymore because what's the point? They don't really have a say. I mean, California, it's similar. It's the same in other states, Washington, uh, you know, those super blue states, The those Republicans in those states, they're mm -hmm. like, well, why would I go out and vote? I don't really have a voice. The state's dominated by the big city, whether it's like, you know, L.A. or New York or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, boom. Then culture, Dale, what you got for us? Okay. So <clears throat> this week, um, Sorry, Olivia Jade, who is the daughter of Lori Laughlin, um, you know, Full House actress, um, sat down at the Red Table, which is a YouTube show uh, produced and put on by Jada Pickett Smith, as well as her mother and her daughter Willow Smith. Um, so Olivia Jade went ahead, went ahead and requested to do a interview because, um, you know, the scandal, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but just a quick synopsis, there was a scandal with her mother, uh, basically mm -hmm. a pay for play scandal with college yeah. universities and stuff like that. It was like a big scandal a couple years hey, ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, it was a, a, a lot of different schools. I think Yale was, um, also implicated in, um, a, a lot of different schools. Um, so um so she wants she wanted to go on and do her first uh public interview just to kind of clear her name and uh talk about the experience and how it's been and kind of you know talk about her family and things like that um there was a lot of uh talk about it in the media about this um interview because um they call her gammy i'm sorry i don't know her her first name but gammy who is jada pickett smith's mother was very upset and very vocal about olivia jade coming on the show and she basically said out of her own mouth that olivia jade on their show the table talk was the epitome of white privilege and she you know, didn't want she um, basically uh, rebuttal to not have her on the show, and she was really really upset that she was actually on. So I just want to like bring this to light the situation because um, going back onto the details of the pay for play scandal with um, Lori Laughlin, it was about fifty or more families implicated in this um, pay for play scandal, SAT scandal, college entry scandal. 
and they were all you know upper class one percent type families and mm -hmm. not every single family was white so now we go back into like the whole white culture versus classism you know privilege kind of um talk you know is it white privilege or is it um you know uh, wealth privilege so I mean, what do you guys think about it you know if you guys are familiar with olivia jade and you know laurie laughlin obviously they're you know oh, yeah. white upper class family and stuff like that so was it uh was it uh jada pink and Smith's mother that said this yeah uh, her her mother was on the defensive side and did not want she was like you know this is the white privilege jada was more on the you know let's not do to white people or like the feminists because also uh her mother was against like the fe white feminists and stuff like that so she was basically jada was on the let's not do to the white people what they did to us to them basically if that makes sense yeah so i didn't want to say like it honestly it sounds like gam gam's probably really uh poor and starving right now because we all know will smith he has no money um he's definitely not of any privilege uh so it i hate that when like rich people of color and when i start talking about white privilege i'm like you're more privileged than most white people shut up like you're talking about privilege when you are whether you're born from privilege or you know and you've reaped your off of capitalism that's what these commies are going to be talking about i mean it's just ridiculous and it makes no sense i'm like just you are get your silicon valley or your la or wherever you live and you know stay there just stay there and stop talking to everybody else like you know what it's like to be regular people they want to always talk about you know the white privilege and i'm sure olivia jade i don't know um lori laughlin uh she's probably not that wealthy where will smith i'm if you guys ever seen his house man that looks like a small city like he has a nice house i mean we all want to get there one day but uh you know they're them talking about uh the privilege, it makes no sense to me. Uh, it's it's a wealth, it's a wealth and class thing is what they've got going on a pay for play. Uh, anybody who's got the money to make it happen, I don't think they care about the color of your skin as much as what you're offering them. And they put it up and ready to go. Uh, that, that's clear as day. Um, and, and sure, I mean, I guess whatever, you don't want to, oh, she's white and this white privilege and that. Like, they're looking for a scapegoat to blame here when they're like, you're all in the top 1% and you all do the same dang things all the time, no matter what it is. You just want to act like, oh, it's just a white thing. They just want to score the woke points and they want to be the victim the whole time and here and there. When in reality, yeah, Lori Laughlin's a scumbag. She should have been in prison, but she was able to you know, get out of that and you know, create lawyers. Of course they did. You know, of course they got off and everything like that. It's, it's not based off the color of their skin. No, not at all. You got the money, you can afford the best lawyers, the best legal team, you got the best people to get you out of all those nasty situations compared to everyday people like us. Yeah, it's how it is. Mm. It's how it's been rolling for years, decades, et cetera. And, and yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I would love to go to UFC. Man, that was like my dream school for the longest time until I saw tuition and I saw like what the requirements were. I was a smart kid, I got good grades, but I didn't have those grades and I did not have that money to go to USC. So, you, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, it sucks. It's absolutely trash. Like I said, money talks. Money talks and things walk, I guess. Um, it, if black families were implicated into this, it couldn't, it couldn't be white privilege. It, you know, if I, if I got the money to go and um, do, do that type of thing, why wouldn't I go do it? I mean, and then how, and then how is it white people, I, I, how can you implicate that it's because of the color of my skin that other people can't do it or, 
that's why people are implicated in this situation. It it's terrible. It's terrible logic. If if these black families were paying folks to take their SATs and stuff like that, then you can't claim any type of privilege on that. Matter of fact, um, I can claim rich people privilege on that because obviously I'm not rich. So uh, it's. I, I don't know the whole age one oh it's white people and this and that and like that's what you had that's what you get because they had their women's march but oh, no there's white women showing up and that can't be enough oh so it's got to be the black women's march oh oh no 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 the mm. black trans women's march and it got to be the that, that, that hyphenated women's march and like all these things and so like they always feel like under attack and there's oh we, we're not being represented and they don't give us what we want and some of it is true some of it is true I mean the white feminist movement you know, like that, yeah that is a definite thing and all that going on but these, these should be the last people to be complaining about it, sitting up at the top of the mountain looking down on this. And that's where I'm just like, yeah, I've had enough of that. Yeah, that's where I draw it. Yeah. Man, so for our next part here, uh, we got Chris leading off. I like to call it, we're going to call it for right now, we're going to call it uh, scummy politicians. What do we got for <laughs> politicians? Chris? What do we got for scummy politicians? I think that name fits perfectly for this week because we have uh, uh, Eric Swalwell. I'm not sure if you guys saw this. Uh, how And somebody tweeted this. I thought it was funny. Uh, apparently, he put his thang thang and fang fang, and uh, he uh, was uh, sleeping with the, with this uh, Chinese spy. And her name is Fang Fang. So you you can actually say that. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, time out. Time out. That, that was her name. Yeah, so her name, and this is hilarious. Well, I don't know if that's racist to say it's hilarious, but whatever. Her name is Fang Fang um, or Christine Fang. Uh, I, her national name was Fang Fang. Uh, this is all according to Breitbart, and uh, Breitbart's going off of uh, something that Axios has, had written. Um, so apparently back in the early um, 2010s, I think it was 2011 to 2015, uh, Eric Swalwell um, was very close to this um, uh Chinese national uh, named Christine Fang, uh, how she uh, kind of wanted to get really close to a lot of politicians. There also allegedly, um, she got this close with two mayors um, who I didn't see their names uh, reported, but uh, they did say that other um, politicians were involved. Uh, I know that, uh, who was it? Uh, Diane Feinstein, her driver, I believe this was earlier in the year, uh, was uh, brought out as perhaps a Chinese uh, spy. So it seems like a common theme now that Democrats are kind of cozying up to Chinese nationals, especially Eric Swalwell, uh, cozying up very nicely um, with this woman. Uh, now in 2015, she had um, left and went back to China and she has still been unable to um, be contacted for comment on this. Now that it's really coming out and getting big, um, there's, there's no, uh, she, there's no reply from her. So what do you guys think about this? Do you guys think that uh, this is like an actual national security issue? Or do you think that this is, again, another political um, comedy piece? Because Eric Swalwell, uh, he kind of crapped his pants on TV before. And now he's, you know, he's <laughs> sleeping with the spies. So <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I believe it. I take everything with a grain of salt, honestly, and just wait for more information like, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, 
just you know throw it away, push it to the side. Uh, spies exist. I don't know why people think this is like movie stuff or whatever. Like you know, Chinese spies exist. They are over here. They're infiltrated. They might work with you <clears throat> next to you at your desk. You don't know. So I mean, honestly, I I, I take it with a grain of salt. The, the shoot, honestly, we know. Uh, it's not it's not a secret that you know spies use sex and things like that to get what they want you know undercovers you know do it to get you know it submit it you know just so i just take it with a grain of salt i think it's hilarious if you know it, it happened uh, right under his nose so yeah. interesting i i really enti entirely think it's legit and i think eric swallows a guy too while the whole time while he's with her trying to impress her he's just rattling off all this stuff trying to be big man giving up all sorts of intelligence information right. from within u.s government you know boasting about all this but no idea that she's a, a foreign national here just stealing information the whole time just reporting back you know these, these are politicians all the time project veritas catches everybody in a hot mic these guys you don't think they're talking of course they're talking they're saying everything that they want they're saying everything that they want to hear. So I 100% I believe that this is true. And in regards to having, oh, there's no Chinese spies in the U.S. soil. Look up the Confucius Institute and what they've done. Look up the Confucius Institute, how they're on like all these major college campuses, just for the fact that they give the school tons of money. It was legit a Chinese camp on your campus at your university. Thank God the ones down here in South Florida have been closed. But that's still a thing you know, in certain places. That's legit what they are. They go there. They send, they send students here to go spy on other you know, Chinese students that come from China to make sure they're not acting up. And if they are, they report it back to the Chinese government, get them in trouble. They also steal blueprints. They steal plans. They steal all sorts of intellectual property, all those things out here while they're here. And people act like that. This is far-fetched. Like, no, this is legit. Uh, in one of these next few weeks, I'm hopefully I'll get Ben Larrabee. Uh, we'll work with Ben Larrabee and he does a whole you know, professor, mm -hmm. but he's very well versed. He knows exactly what's going on in regards to Chinese spying in the United States at college campuses and all across the board. This is a legitimate security issue, and we can't just, oh, no, that's propaganda. You talk about Russia, it's China. Oh, Russia, 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 China. China <laughs> is a threat. It's, it's a real thing. It's been happening. My goodness. Oh. Okay. I want to know something. How much power does Eric Swalwell really have? Why him? Well, uh, he's it, he's a member of the House Intelligence fruit. Committee. Yeah, about to say it's the uh, committee that he's on. Yeah, that and he's lowest hanging fruit there. How is the heck he, that guy of all people get on there? Like literally, my good. Like, how that 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 now that's probably um more of my question because it, he's he's not the intelligence chairman. Am I correct? No, he's just he? on the committee. Why not go for the chairperson? Maybe they're, I mean, they could be a better person. Maybe they don't sleep with random women. And uh, <laughs> maybe, like Christian said, lowest hanging fruit, they went for a Swalwell. Um, but from what I read in this article, it did say that as of right now, uh, it's believed that no, uh, you know, extremely uh, classified materials were released or anything that would, uh, you know, put national security at risk. But as soon as the um, FBI reached out to Swal Swalwell and told him like, hey, we believe that this person is a spy, he did end his relationship and gave himself some distance. But it's like, how like, I don't know how gullible you can be to just, I don't know, sleeping with somebody, hey, that's your business, I don't care. But like, if he's going to start talking about some things or talking about whatever he's talking about to just a random woman he's seen. I'm like, you're in Congress, be better. Like, at least put a ring on it and then you can start talking. I mean. Well, it, my thing is, 
is your life that freaking boring mm -hmm. that you have to go that you have to go impress someone after you sleep with them? It, either your sex life is really bad, or <laughs> it's the ego. like you know, you have to be that boring to impress someone with national secrets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> either you're a boring person or you're boring in bed. One of the two. And I'm Look, just I'm being honest. honest. I've been to DC. I've been to Trump Hotel and have people talk me up all the time talking about all these things. Oh, I work at the Pentagon. I could get you guys a tour tomorrow and all these things. They just talk up a big game, but they're not really about it. But everybody talks a big game to make themselves, you know, with their ego and everything to make themselves feel big. It's kind of a DC thing. So it would not surprise me that you went on and did that. That's seems well, like it is stupid. That's what it is. I still think it's stupid. Oh, very stupid. But that's how they all are. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm big man on campus. I'm big, big. Okay, man. Like, <laughs> just about national security like it's candy two finger clap those people man okay so on to where, where are we at here let me see am i here okay bam woke sports if you guys didn't check out the instagram post yet um i got it uploaded here for you guys to check again this is from uh Literally uh, from uh, Jamil Hill and Carrie Champions podcast. Whoever watches this, I don't know, but I guarantee that you're losing IQ points and brain cells every what? time you watch this nonsense. I'm sorry. Check it. Look, look at Listen to this. Hey, I, I'll tell you why. And this is our question of the week. We saw what happened to Nate Robinson. So I'm going to ask Jake Paul right here in front of America. Jake. Um, considering where we are right now in our racial conversation in America, was what you did to Nate Robinson racist? <laughs> that is the no. question of the week. Ben. Nah, stop playing with me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jake, it's a sensitive time right now. We just had to witness the white man just knock a black man smooth out in front of all of America. So that's why I asked that. But just, just tell us about that that moment real quick because uh, it looked like Nate was asleep before he ever even hit the canvas. Yeah, I mean, this is what we train for. You know, at the end of the day, boxing is a sport. And, uh, you know, you train to win. Nate, Nate is the one who called me out originally. Fascinating. I think he is frozen. Hey, can you hear me now? Let's start from the beginning. Okay. First and foremost, was it racist to knock a black man out? That is the question of the. Oh, no, stop asking me that. <laughs> I said no. It's not racist. It's a shitty question. It's a sport. Why is it a shitty question? Why is it a shitty question? Because it, how does this have anything to do with race? It just it doesn't. It's a At fine least. question. We got to wake you up. This is it's yeah. This is this is what we're doing. Yeah, that's that's the dumbest crap I've ever seen. They they are beating <laughs> they are beating oh. the word racism into the ground like Jake Paul did to Nate Robinson. It makes no <laughs> sense. They continue to do it, and it's like God, everything is racist. It's like next thing you know, it's gonna be like you chose chocolate ice cream uh, instead of vanilla. How is that race? Like it's just like my my head hurts. I can't. You were right. I lost a lot of IQ points on that one. Uh, that that was question of the week. Uh, my goodness, who who, who asked that one? Who, who came up with that? That was that was disappointing. Was she long. probably did. It, it, you know what, Christian? I'm gonna bring a question to you then. If if our teams, um, my team, New Orleans Saints, your team, Philadelphia Eagles, they play against each other this week. Yeah. I have a um, budding 
defensive end, Trey Hendrickson. He's white. Your quarterback is going to be Jalen Hurts. Now, if Trey Hendrickson hits him to the point where he gets injured, uh, and I'm not saying that's a bounty thing. Please don't think about that. But um, if he if if he, if he ends up getting injured, is I, I wonder if they're going to bring Trey Hendrickson onto that thing and say, was it racist to even hit him? Oh, I, I really, I really feel, I really feel that's going to come up um, this week. Well, I mean, we saw the the whole thing last year that you had with uh, uh, was it Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Browns. They got in the brawl afterwards, and he takes off Mason Rudolph's helmet. He starts swinging it and hits him with it, and you got Marquise pouncing the Pouncy brothers getting a full brawl, kicking him in the head and everything. And then they go off the side, and Miles Garrett says, "Man, he dropped the N word on me. He called me the N word." Everybody else is denying it. And now you got the whole, like, it was all racially motivated. It wasn't racially motivated, this and that. And everybody's saying, like, on the Browns like, or on the Steelers, like, nah, like, there ain't no way. There ain't no way that happened, any of that. And that all went fully blown overboard. But that's that's the extent I've ever seen with, like, racial, like, stuff happening in, like, recent years in regards to sports and, like, incidents like that happening. But that was a full Like, what I'm asking with it, though, is that is what just happened with that guy. Is this going to be uh... – no, no, because because Jamil and Carrie Champion aren't taken seriously. Thank God, they're not taken seriously in the real world. They're taken seriously on Twitter. They get retweets and likes. In the real world, they are nobodies. She she, she crapped away her career at ESPN, which is already down the toilet. But she ruined it. Effectively ruined it. Jamil did, and everything. They they ruined it. They ruined sports. They ruined everything that's fun. They, everything they touch turns to garbage. It's the opposite of the Midas touch. It's literally the opposite of the Midas touch. It turns to crap. It just turns to straight up. To feces. That's that's how they do it. That is literally how they do how they do their work. It's not journalism. There's no integrity whatsoever. And they just, they stay up saying the dumbest things. Jamil Hill, black men don't want to end the patriarchy. They just want better access to it. Yeah, Jamil, I forgot. All black men are supposed to be Marxists and just should be deadbeat dads and not raise their own kids. Like this is the stuff that's being tweeted. This is the things that these people say. And they're supposed to be prominent figures, sports journalists. They have nothing to do with sports anymore. They're just they're activists. They're full on activists. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, you, did you see the Huffet? I think it was the Huffington Post. Even if it's not, I do apologize. Um, there was an article out there, and I think it was the Huffington Post. They're saying that now straight black men are now the new white people of black people. You know how I, I've said this in just about every single show? I've always referenced that article in every single show, and then the article resurfaces all of a sudden. And I was just looking at it like, wow, people didn't believe it. Like, there it is yeah. again. Like, I've been saying that like every week about that. I'm like, bro, like, this is like if you know, there's no war on black men. I'm like, bro, this article is three years old, man. This has been going on for a minute. Like, and it and it re, and it resurf. Now that part I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, oh, it's three years old. Yeah. And this is the same thing that I brought up last week. It's like this hierarchy of like oppression or, you know, of wokeness. Like how many like privileged or woke points can you get? Like I'm a disabled trans woman uh, and all that. Like, okay, I have 30 woke points. I have 30 oppression points. And now it's getting to the point that we are really like starting to become an equal society that it's like, okay, well now black people, black men, straight black men, you're now the white people because now there's coming up with new things they're coming up with now new genders and 50 other genders and now everybody has ptsd and disabled and like it's it's really becoming just like you have to like throw off the like 
person who's at the top. So they already burned white people to the ground. White people are gone. Now it's going to become like black men and or Hispanic men. I don't know why they don't go. I mean, Asian men. Diversity and equality, the whole diversity thing. Like, if you get in trouble for asking, like, what's the end goal of diversity? Nobody, like, none of those woke left. They couldn't give you the whole, like, diversity. Is there ever going to be enough? Are you ever going to be satisfied? How? How could they be satisfied with this? Like, what? there's no end goal. Literally, they're just going to keep going woke until erosion, until society is completely destroyed. Like, I don't I don't see an end game with it. And that's like the lamest thing. And like one of the most dangerous things, too, is that there's no like sustainable, like actual goals that they want, like the things to happen. There's just more, 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 more. It's not going to be enough. So we just need to stop feeding that absolutely trash and nonsense. If you guys have any questions or any comments or anything like that, feel free to drop them in the comments. This is the time we can go ahead and answer them. Uh, Old dad wants to know who would be first for the vaccine. He spelled vaccine wrong. That's funny. Uh, why? Uh, old and the poor minorities. Um, I mean, if, if like Chris says, if they were going to go off and try to give it to people in government assistance first, that might be the thing. Oh, people in government assistance have to go get it. So they might be first in line. And then, yeah, the old people that are most vulnerable, they should probably be the ones to get it. I mean, just necessarily. I think there is a proposal in Congress going right now for that. Now, I don't know if it's going to gain any traction, but there is a proposal in Congress um, trying to create that. It's it's racist to say people on welfare need to get a drug test. But when we say they got to get a COVID test, then that's just woke. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, for some reason, you know, everything. Uh, Eagles are going down. I don't even know who this is. You're gonna watch this and say the Eagles are going down. We know we're gonna see. You could be right. You could be. You could be pretty correct here. I'm optimistic. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna find out what happens. You know, fly Eagles fly till the day I die. You know, they kill me. Who that for life? Who that for life? I just have to say, I'm not really. You know, I've been out of sports for a long time, but I have to say, my Giants are number one right now. I see that. Get out of here! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Because because, Giants, because you and Christian are in a trash division. Somebody's got to win that division. I'm and the Giants are going to win. Years. It's never been like a set thing. The NFC East used to be one of the toughest in the NFL. The NFC West used to be the weakest division out there. Now it's kind of shifted. Okay, we're going to have our Time to come back and everything. There's literally no starting quarterbacks right now happening in the NFC East. Everything, everybody's a backup that's starting right now. I know Alex Smith is the quarterback of that team. He was the third of the Redskins. No, not the Redskins, the Washington football team. Oh my god. Now he's a starter. He should get he should get the comeback player of the year award. But that man has gone through. I don't don't care what the record is at the end of the year. He should get that comeback player of the year. Gotta get. And that's the whole thing. People are like, oh, it's a participation trophy. I mean, I've been arguing with people on Twitter about yes. it. Like, oh, it's not a participation. But this man had 17 surgeries. Almost okay. So one, he almost died because there's a, yeah. a, a straight up infection in his leg. Almost went up and killed him. Then he almost lost his leg. Then he had you know, 16, 17 surgeries. Then they're hoping he could walk again. And this man goes out there and says, "I'm gonna play football again against all odds." They said he'd never play again. He went and, and he still has good numbers. Oh, he's playing up decent numbers. He's doing his I, job. He's playing good football. Alex Smith should be like a freaking role model for people who has injuries and stuff. If he could do it, maybe I can do it. I don't know. There's some people that can't just based off the injury. I I know that. I mean, but I mean, he's going to be an inspirational figure. He's gotten no love in these last few years, too, unfortunately, dealing with him and.
he gets kicked, ousted for Colin Kaepernick back when he was in San Francisco. I was living in California. I remember watching that one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he gets hurt for a little bit, comes back, and he loses his job. And then he's gone. He goes to Kansas City. He's killing it there, too. And then they give him a and good they bring in Pat Mahomes. And then Pat Mahomes comes through. They bench Alex and ship them off and say, oh, that's enough. And Pat becomes a starter. He goes to Washington, and he's the man. And then he gets his legs. You know, the guy and then they draft Dwayne Haskins, who can't really do anything. So no, that, that's another thing. We're going to go back to woke sports and Chris Carter, great player, terrible sports takes, a Hall of Famer, Chris Carter. Absolutely terrible. Great player. At the beginning, oh, when he was getting drafted, oh, people don't like Dwayne Haskins because he's not a black mobile quarterback, and that goes into the stereotypes that feed the system of what a black person is supposed to be in the NFL and this and that. I said, well, no, that's, that's nonsense, but the game has evolved to where most black quarterbacks in the league are agile and mobile, and they can do all those things. Dwayne Haskins uh, is supposed to be uh, – he's a big guy. He's not fast. He ran over a – he ran like a 5-140 slow. Um, he's supposed to be a pocket passer because he can't run – he's not a big runner. The man couldn't pass inside the pocket. He couldn't run outside the pocket and pass either. You can't do either. How are you going to start in the NFL? If you can't pass mm-hmm. in the pocket or out. How is he, how are you going to expect to play? And then he goes against bench and everybody's like, oh, you you bailed on him too soon. You should have built him up. You should have done that. That man was going to put up the most garbage numbers ever this year. He was going to no, give that division away. Now as a coach, you're trying to win. It, what, what can you do if the man is not producing? It, it, you know, I've heard people say it was racist to do that. It, how if this man is not producing and my job is I, well ron rivera's job is probably not on the line because he had really basically nothing to work with with the football team i mean the team just lost his freaking name and mask or whatever oh, yeah, it oh, just yeah. lost his name so so his job wasn't on the line but still ron rivera is a winning coach he won in carolina he almost won the super bowl so it so taking that experience he had to bench Cam Newton. Of course, the man that had to bench Dwayne Haskins. If you're putting up bad numbers, what am I? What do I have you for? Man, NFL for long, and you will be in the league not for long if you don't win football games. That is the game of the game. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna last too much longer. Uh, we don't have to bring up the Detroit Lions. Chris knows what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's depressing. That's why, that's why I don't watch Matthew sports Stafford no more. Matthew Stafford has survived through a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I just see pain in Chris's eyes, man. I see pain <laughs> every time sports are brought up. I'm just like, I don't want to talk. Nick, about Chris, it. your quarterback has survived through a whole bunch of stupid coaches. I give kudos to your quarterback. Now the rest of the team. You, you need some work, but <laughs> they need they need a lot of work, and I mean we'll see what happens. Uh, every time every time a season starts, I'm always like maybe this is the season, and every time it's depressing. Yeah, bang. Oh boy, y'all Final gotta have a Christmas, Christmas too. <laughs> so guys, break. will we be doing a show next week for for everyone? I th- I think we can. I think it might have to be a little bit earlier. Depending on what's going on, everything. I think we can knock it out earlier, but uh, we'll, it might we'll be, be shorter. We'll all be in uh, West Palm Beach next uh, next Friday, yeah. so we could we could do that a uh, little earlier and still put out some great content. Um, and yeah, no, looking really forward to it. Maybe uh, go live once or twice on the page. Yeah, if you guys haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe to the YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Again, at Black Friday 
NFS, Black Friday NFS. Follow us there. If you guys are interested in becoming a sponsor, helping sponsor these episodes, we'd love to have you. We always appreciate your support. Make teamwork makes your dream work. You guys make it happen. Thank you again. And uh, to, well, we'll see what happens to the outcome of this election. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Things aren't looking good in my eyes. So um, just bracing for impact here. But I'm not gonna stop fighting. If there's people around you that uh, have that loser attitude, make sure they change it because we don't we don't have losers in our circles. We don't do that. So make sure you change this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I'm gonna be optimistic until January twentieth. <laughs> Honestly. And then after January twentieth, that's when we uh, get to start get to screaming. Work. Yeah, we yeah. got We got to start uh, being loud and pointing out everything that Joe Biden does because the media probably won't. Um, so that's that's what we got to do for the next four years. That's what we'll do. And in you know the next election, hopefully, uh, we we can run somebody good. Uh, or somebody really well who can go against the skeleton that is Joe Biden, or either the evil witch that is Kamala Harris, whoever, whoever sees <laughs> the light of, the of day. Yeah, whoever sees the, the light of day in uh, that next election. I agree. And I'm very excited. I've got my glasses on. I'm going to be watching Kamala and Jill. I'm going to be watching them. And I do my research. I dig. So mm, yeah. I cannot wait to be digging yeah. on them. <laughs> you, you know what, I'll tell you what, though. I ain't never seen Kamala Harris out in the rain, so that raises questions. She might melt. She might melt. I've never seen her in the rain. She might melt. Right. Now, so, see, so. got to peep. Got to peep. I'm going to be peeping uh, everything. I'll <laughs> say this. Number one, Joe Biden won't be running this country. Um, I don't even think he's fully making a lot of these picks for... Uh, the secretary positions. Um, I do. I want to say he made at least one good pick with the secretary of defense, but I've got to look into this man more. Um, but he's been in the military most of his life. So, uh, but it's going to be Kamala Harris. It's going to be the deep state. It's going to be other people running it. So the wicked witch of the West, literally, yeah, that's going to be who's running the country. That's going to be who's going to run in four years. And honestly, we've got to bring out a knockout candidate who um, it, who understands our values, who has the same values as grassroots conservatives, but also can, you know, appeal to other people as well. Because I'm going to say this, if Democrats are going to cheat again, we're going to need every vote. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, the faith in the election system is shot, and I don't know if it's irreparable, but it's very damaged right now. Honestly. And, you know, this it, it isn't good, and we know we're well aware more than ever. So, people are watching now. Stay tuned. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you. It's been another week. Again, Black Friday's opinions are not for sale. We'll catch you next Friday out of West Palm. Thanks again. See you.